0: Hey guys, welcome to Latinx Voices Podcast. My name is Mariana. My name is Sandra.
1: My name is Myra.
2: And my name is Hector. And we're gonna pick up a conversation that we left last episode. So this is really just a continuation of the first theme. And so we're gonna start off by talking about work schedules and lack of access to transportation that limits youth and their out of school time options.
3: Yeah, so activities for out of school time are not as available, especially to the youth when there's a lack of transportation or time open for the parents to be able to support their children doing activities. And one of um, the quotes that we have is from a mother of three, uh, Brin, and she told us about her children and them having some limited options for their out-of-school activities.
1: Yeah, so she said, my kids never really volunteered or did sports. They almost always work during the summer. Ever since they were old enough to work, my husband took them to work with him in an outdoor labor job. I could never take my kids anywhere because we only have one car and we had just arrived in the U.S. 11 years ago. My kids quickly picked up English, but we couldn't make time for them because at the time we were both working.
2: I think this relates a lot to, I guess, our experiences or, you know I'll share some of mine um, you know I, I did have time for soccer but that was because at the moment I started driving and because we were able to get that car I was able to go to all these extracurricular activities my parents wouldn't be able to pick me up I would if without my car I I would have to ask um, one of my teammates for a ride and since I started driving it was just me I was the one that was going to the games, going to practices, doing all this. Um, And, you know, I I really do feel like that in itself is very limiting to the opportunities we do have.
0: Yeah, for me, I actually didn't live in the district, so I had to commute like 15 minutes, 20 minutes every day. And um, when I was in high school, I had to... uh, drive like once I got out I would get out like at 220 I would have to go straight to the middle school my brother went to to pick him up and then I would have to go and pick up my mom so I did not have any time for any extracurricular activities just because I had so many responsibilities as you know being the only one who could drive in that case my sister was in college and my dad was working so I I just couldn't do sports I always wanted to but I just couldn't ever so I
3: definitely relate to what Abril said yeah, and I I would even add that it puts us at a disadvantage. Yeah. And it kind of, in a way, forces us to grow up early because while our parents are gone, mm-hmm. it's just the children. And mostly these households have more than two or more than one mm-hmm. um, children. So you have the older child that may be, you know, like 10 or 11 mm-hmm. that's stuck taking care of the newborn and the younger kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll add to that how, um, like, I think during summers so I've – always gone back to school and heard people say like oh i've gone to this camp or that camp and it's like growing up in elementary middle school or high school it's like i never did anything like i was just always like oh you you went to camp like what's that like and it was just always kind of interesting to see how being at home it was just being at home and god knows what i did cuz i don't even remember what probably watched television or something and it's kind of crazy how there's a disadvantage how we don't have, we didn't have those types of resources available for us to have camps and extra resources for us to engage in some sort of learning or activities during the summers, at least.
2: Yeah, so when I, you know, when I realized that I was actually good at soccer, I wanted to join this club um, that was 45 minutes away from where I live. Um, They were, you know, one of those academy clubs. And I totally missed out on a potential full scholarship in that Mm -hmm. just because I didn't have anyone to take me there. And at the time, it was before I started uh, driving. And, you know, my dad was the one with the car. And on the weekends, he would um, use that time to do, you know, yard work uh, for other people for money. And so, like, I was put in that position where, you know, would I rather interrupt that or... Just let that happen,
3: Yeah, and I think that it, <clears throat> excuse me that attributes to the lack of transportation throughout because you have um, kids and the parents also you know wanting their children to do what they want to do, but the fact that sometimes they have to work and they don't have a vehicle uh, to take them, and then the fact that the bus doesn't necessarily help, it only takes them to and from school and not from practice or any other activity after really hurts them. Um, and I can give an example of Spartanburg itself, you know, the bus transportation system here, it does not reach out to um, the, an area in Spartanburg that has mostly Latino, mm-hmm. it's mostly a Latino community, it doesn't even reach over there. Mm-hmm. So that puts that community at a whole disadvantage.
2: Yeah, and so one of our interviewees, Paola, Uh, She told us that um, her own work outside the home ended up limiting her. And um, she said, for middle school up until I was 15 or 16 when I could work, I played soccer after school. So that's why most of my time revolved around and other academic stuff. Once I could start working, then I just made the choice to quit soccer and just start working. So that's all I did, just work, school, and work.
1: Yeah, I feel like... Um, I kind of can relate to that, too, where um, my junior year, my academics got so much more challenging that I couldn't do soccer or any sports. I had to dedicate myself to working in school. And I mean, it, it was tough, but you had to sacrifice the things you, you loved in order to provide for your family or to help out mm-hmm. and to have your priorities be different than your peers.
3: Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, and you know I, I hear that a lot from just relatives or other friends that I that I have when you know they played soccer and the team when when I played soccer and and you know one day they stopped coming and you'd see them in the hallway hey bro what's what's up and they're like it's because I started working I got to help my family out financially yeah and you know it's that sacrifice they're willing to put in <laughs> for the success of their families which is limiting in the first place
1: mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like that too can also bring like social awkwardness as well when I stopped playing soccer my teammates were kind of like upset towards me they were like why'd you leave the team and like kind of had some sort of rancor towards it but I was like I I couldn't help it I'm sorry like I have to focus on you know what these different priorities are like and just kind of it makes it awkward between social experiences and friends yeah
0: and I kind of want to add I mean you guys were able to participate in sports but like like me who didn't who wasn't able to, it kind of puts you in a position where you don't really feel like you fit in, like you don't fit in with people who play sports or people, you know what I'm saying, especially being Latinx. So I think kind of what you guys were saying about it putting you at a disadvantage, I feel like sometimes it was hard for me to socialize with people, even coming to college, like people would go to camps over summer, they would do all these after school activities, like being like uh, clubs and stuff. And I didn't have that, so it was like, I didn't have anything to talk about, you know what I'm saying? So most of my experiences, I would say, definitely came from college. And this directly ties into working schedules and how they limit time to connect as a family. Um, Latinx individuals recounted that parents spent a lot of their time working, which gave
1: them less time for them to interact with family. And still, um, even though Brianna is able to spend time with her daughter and supports her after-school activities, she told us that time with her family being all together is rare, even on weekends. And she says, well, in reality, it's very rare if we ever spend time together as a family. For example, my son works in a restaurant, and usually it's Saturdays and Sundays, My husband mostly works during the weekend and has days off during the week.
3: Yeah, so to add on to that, I would say that it hurts the relationships between the fathers and the children because more likely it's usually the fathers that are working after hours and the mothers are staying home and take care of the children. And so even from an early age, you're not getting a relationship with your father. And that was how it was at my house you know, now we have a much better relationship, but I think I I could have had, you know, a more loving one and a more caring one um, had he been present like my mom was. So I'm, I was much more confident talking to my mom than my dad. Still to
0: this day, I mean, kind of adding on to what you said, still to this day, my dad works every day of the week. So I think it, to me, it's like, It makes it hard for me to understand when to take a break. Like, it's always work, work, work. And, like, I feel like sometimes, even with me, I don't know when to chill. Like, I don't know what it is to have, like, family time or to do a cookout. I mean, we have cookouts, but it's not like a whole day thing with the family. It's like one or two hours, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like I can also um, resonate with this where um, there's a point in time. In my family where my dad would travel all the way to Georgia and other states to do construction work. And so there would be like long periods of time when so I wouldn't see him. And it would just be like no family time at all whatsoever. Or then now my mom just works like weekends and that's when my dad has off. And it's like very rare where we have a um time where we all kind of spend with each other unless if it's like a very important occasion she gets off and we can kind of have some time together but it's super rare where we actually have those weekends off or like we usually see people as families like going to movie nights and things like that so it's like not very often
2: and this directly ties into gender roles again just because it's always like our dads that have to go out of the house and then For me, like, as soon as I could start working with him, he took me to work with him. And so that took away family time during the weekends. And, you know, we're already at school for eight hours a week. We come back, homework, all that stuff. Like, social interaction really isn't a big part of that. Um, Just, I guess, just in in the sense that we don't have very deep discussions or anything. Um, And in that sense, you know, it's kind of modified in a way because even... uh, young women and, you know, Latinas in general, I mean, they've also go, gone out, out of their way to find a job to support their families. And, you know, it affects their mental health too, just because it adds more stress and we don't know how to communicate our feelings to our parents. And so when, they, when the time comes down to it, we're like, dang.
1: How it, do you do it? <laughs> yeah. How do you communicate with your parents? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so we have another interviewee, uh victoria and so she mentioned several times how much her parents work and the interviewer asked her could you tell me a bit about after school would your parents still be at work to which she replied most of the time sometimes my mom gets out at seven sometimes she gets out at four it just depends on her work days my dad would come home around eight he works for his own he does his yard company but recently he started coming home around six or seven it just really depends but, yeah, he used to come home late. By the time he would come home, we would all be done eating.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, Hector, like you said, about the gender roles, it creates a cycle um, that then when we grow up, we'll be like, oh, well, we're used to not seeing the man in the house a lot, and we're used to him not interacting with um, the family, so that's normal. So we don't have to you know, worry about that. And like you were saying about the mental health, it just hurts it all
1: yeah and then i feel like when there's an opportunity that that arises to where you have the chance to have a conversation it's just very weird and awkward and you don't even know where to begin a conversation and it makes it feel uncomfortable and it just feels more comfortable to just keep it quiet and not even talk about certain issues and i mean i can
3: also add that it puts even more stress on the mother Oh yeah, um, because she's having to deal with how um, their little girl is feeling and then also how, how their little boy is trying to feel when he could easily express his feelings with a father and have a father figure present. Um, so it, it hurts everyone in the family, you know, not having an ideal family time.
0: Yeah, and I kind of wanted to add about those gender roles you guys were talking about. Recently, I just, I had a conversation with my dad and he was saying how he communicates with all three of us the same. I have an older sister and a younger brother, but I told him that's not true. My brother goes to work with you on the weekends and he's told me, you guys have talked about relationships. I've never talked to my dad about relationships. And even if I was to, I don't know how to, so it's like, you know, you do have a difference between, like, like let's say your dad, you have a boy in, in the family. He'll talk to them different, more openly than it is, you know, with us girls. And like you said, it affects our mental health. Not only ours, but, you know, everyone's.
2: And it becomes systemic. Just after a while, you know, you never really learn the I feel, I want, I think statements. Exactly. It's always the don't do this, don't do that. And, you know, you you learn to get silenced at an early age. And so later on, when you go through life, you silence yourself. Yeah. And then the cycle just repeats itself, unfortunately. um, There are certain barriers to parental involvement in schools and children's health care. And, you know, among these, we can see English proficiency, work schedules, transportation. Um, As a matter of fact, many land youth stated that due to Parent inability and speaking proficiency um, created barriers for parents to get involved. Um, Also, along with them working and not being able to have a flexible schedule. And, you know, on top of all this, it's also the transportation to get to and from the school activities. And all of this really just works to prevent the youth from getting involved.
1: Yeah, and uh, so one of our interviewees, Brianna, a mother of three, spoke of how the lack of um, transportation prevents her and her husband from giving their children the support that they would like to in school. And She said, if we had the opportunity to have a license, we would be able to drive our kids to school and support them. The school buses, too, are overpacked, and they all squish together. Some warnings that they would come late – They would fit four kids in one seat, saying, oh, you guys are small enough to sit together, and we have them squished in one seat. So I would take them to school instead. Otherwise, knowing the routes would have helped too. You know,
3: I think it shows a bit of some privilege, um, especially us having both of our parents working throughout the day and some of our other classmates, you know, just having their father work and their mother could... um, just go about her day and help them. You know, at my school, we had PTO, and most of my friends had their moms present at, at the PTO, so they were, you know, organizing all these events and stuff and, like, having fun, you know, seeing their parents throughout the day. And I remember when I was, like, younger in third grade, I would just get upset because my mom was never there, and, I mean, it wasn't her fault she had to work. Um, so early on, you know, we just realized that, we're different from everyone yeah I kind of like you you're saying you were younger
0: when you when you were upset I remember being in elementary school and you know how you would go to lunch but sometimes like parents would bring children lunch and they would sit down with them I always wanted that but I just understood that I couldn't like that was just something I couldn't ask for because our parents were working and they couldn't do that and then on top of that My parents didn't speak English, so everything they knew about my academic life, or my academic, yeah, life was um, basically what I told them. Yeah, and so Victoria um, also spoke about how her parents were rarely there for school events because they were working long hours. She spoke of this absence in terms of lack, lack of support for her. I knew deep down they weren't gonna be able to go because I was younger in elementary school there would be mother and father day events or bring this person or that person. And you know, most of the time they couldn't go. So it's like, I did not feel that support from the beginning. Therefore, as I got older, I was like, there's no point in me trying to tell them to come to this event. I guess at that young age, you don't realize until you start seeing other people being able to be around their parents or have that relationship with their parents where the parents can come to those events and show support like that and it's like you don't have it. So it comes to a point where as you get older, it's like, why even try to ask when you know they are going to be tired or get out, of, get out late for work? You get used to it, so you don't even ask anymore. It kind of sucks sometimes, but also at the same time, it helped me out a lot. It helped me try to find more support in myself instead of having them to fall back on, although it's hard at times.
3: Yeah, and I think that it not only secludes us from our classmates who do have their parents available, um, but it also, you know, secludes us and kind of makes us a little bit more independent at an early age within our own family because, um, like Victoria said, she didn't even mention it. So, at that point, our parents aren't even involved in our academic and school careers.
2: You know, and it sucks because, you know, you want to invite your parents. You want them to come, but you know they can't. And it sucks because I, I feel that at, at a certain extent, um, it just becomes a habit. Something's going to happen. You don't even bother asking your mom. You, you, you know what the answer is going to be, and it's not that you don't want her to go because you do want her to go. It's just that she can't or he can't, and you just don't ask. And, you know, it's a big, I would say, inequity issue just because schools are always like, oh, well, what can we do to have more Latinx inclusion? What can we do to have more Latinx voice? What can we do to have more Latinx participation? But, you know, again, it's an inequity issue. And it's that, you know, parents don't have transportation. They don't have access to things. We don't have access to things. And schools are, are already in a bad position to offer those things to Other low-income students, and just adding this big burden on them. First of all, it's a fault of the system, and it affects directly us, the students, emotionally and just you know in our well-being.
3: You know, and I would also like to add on on the school side; they're not doing a good enough job or even an effort to help these Latino students because you're seeing they are seeing an increase in Latinos um, each year but they still don't have like a spanish translator Mm -hmm. and i know because my mom works uh, in the cafeteria at a primary school and they're always having to call her Mm -hmm. while she's at work and she's not even getting paid for that Mm -hmm. um to be a translator but they're always using her and i think that the schools definitely have the ability to pay for that Mm -hmm. and to have that be accessible and if you know i know that we mentioned that a lot of the parents are working throughout the day but there are also some that don't Mm -hmm. and that want to be part of their students daily lives and if they had like a paper in Spanish coming home with their child to tell them you know that could definitely increase that
1: right something with an explanation that you know can gravitate and get their attention to go to different programs and things that are organized by the school Um, I think that It's definitely – there's a really good point that Victoria makes in the quote where she says that they come home late and they're tired. And oftentimes, too, that was the case with my parents. It's like they were working in the sun all day and they're just tired, like at the point where they – they don't want to go to extra things that don't seem appealing or that they know don't, don't know much about mm-hmm. um, so it's definitely also to the availability and the time that things are scheduled like I think too if they sh- are going to schedule things or get people to go out there especially working class people um, they have to, they should try scheduling it on the weekends or times when um, parents that are working can also make it to these events mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and so, you know, this kind of also ties back to gender roles because there are specific experiences for, you know, specific individuals. And, you know, I guess now we're touching on, you know, like the care work commitments of women and girls within the household. And, you know, in the sense that Lennox women and girls stated that they have a heavy workload at home, you know, at times they're expected to help with household chores or to care for younger siblings. And mothers often work outside the home in addition to cooking, cleaning, and child care in the home.
3: Yeah, I feel like, especially if your first child, the first child in the family is a girl, that they're like the second mom for mm-hmm. the rest. Um, and they just have so much, so many things going on in their mind. And I mean, that, that just ties back to the mental mental health and... You know, and that can be another conversation, how there's not enough help for them because there's so much going on, not only in the mom's life, but also in the daughter's, and they're just having to do so much.
2: Yeah, our with Nicole, she said, or, well, I remember she asked to be interviewed at a restaurant near her home explaining, I chose this place for a reason. I will take any opportunity to get outside. Yeah, that's basically my life. I have to go back soon to babysit again for my sister. And, you know, she also talked about bartering household chores to earn her phone bill and time out of the house she later went on in the interview to say I need a job soon I want to get out of the house I had to wash my mom's car today so that I could come here and meet you for the interview and I always have to do chores or something like that to get my siblings to help me out with that stuff so most of the time they kind of blackmail me they will make me babysit or take them lunch in exchange to pay my phone bill
3: You know, I think that that, within that quote, you didn't see anything about school because school is kind of like a second to everyone else because you have your family that you need to make sure is being taken care of and those bills and a job. And so that's why, you know, school sometimes isn't a priority in higher education percentages, especially for Latinos, is getting lower and lower because at that point, you know, we don't have an option but to seek a job and to get out of our home because we're just not happy anymore and that's like we view it as our only way out
1: and i think that is seen oftentimes too because of like if your parents aren't educated they don't know much about higher education and they're not gonna you know push you in terms of you know going towards higher education or college um, and if they only know about work life, they're going to encourage you to do the work life and go into the workforce immediately or do something that's immediately beneficial to the family rather than you sitting there and studying. Um, they might see it as a waste of time instead of you helping out at the house, taking care of the siblings or doing chores.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, growing up, you are you very influenced by, you know, people who, socialize you especially your parents so if all your parents do is work then you know you kind of start growing up with the idea that works the only way to succeed and uh, I mean I think it's definitely a little bit of a different case for us since we you know we're in college right now and stuff like that but um, I definitely agree how gender roles especially how women you know have multiple roles like they'll go and work you know eight hours 12 hours a day and then still have to come clean cook like my mom does all that and my dad just comes home from work and he just like sits down but he comes later but you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. definitely and I even like to me I do that like if I'm not here at Wofford and I go home I know my dad's going to work my mom's going to work and I stay at home with my brother I clean I cook and my brother just chills you know
2: and it's hard it's really hard especially us that we go to college and you know i i can always like to reflect on this and, and just think about how we're first generation and in the sense we're the first to come to college but that doesn't mean that our struggles or our experiences get left behind you know we bring those things with us and they stay with us here you know the added on stress and then we would go back we go right back into the system and so like Another one of our interviewees, Sophia, uh, she painted a similar picture. She had opportunities to get outside the house, but she also had a significant in-home responsibility. And you know, she's in college. Um, I think that's very important to mention too, as she stated in her interview. Um, then she went on to say that there was a lot of cleaning going on. We would go play outside, occasionally going out to shop and or go to other places like the mall, just so we could get out of the house. When we asked her for more details, Sophia talked about being home a lot and mentioned her older sister sometimes being responsible for picking her up after sports practice.
0: Yeah, I think um, her mentioning how she'll take any opportunity to get out of the house. When I go home for long periods of time, like a week, <laughs> I will. The only way I can get out of the house is to go get like coffee early in the morning, go pick up my mom from work at like three, and then I'm home all like every other you know time so I can definitely relate to that like you're just so sick of staying home so that's why sometimes I'd prefer to be here at Wofford just because there's more you can do more you know
1: yeah I can definitely relate to that and since that I mean that's kind of why I pursued doing summer internships in in the summer on campus instead of home since I live three hours away I I even though I love my family every chance I can get to just you know be independent and do my own thing without having to um be at home I think it's just always preferable but because you're so used to it you know what I'm
0: saying you're so used to like 21 years of our lives staying home all the time and then all of a sudden you get to see more and you're just like I love my family, but at the same time, I just like this a lot, too, you right. know? Right,
1: since you're expected to do so much for your family, to clean, and and to, you know, do so much for them, it's like sometimes you want a break, yeah. and, and sometimes, too, you seem selfish for it if yeah. you want to have your own break, and it's like, no, it's not like that, but, mm-hmm.
3: you
2: know. That's why I like to joke around and, and you know kind of put things in light of the pandemic when we were in quarantine and you know we were stuck indoors, there were a lot of people, not Latinx, that complained about being indoors for, you know, like after a week, after Definitely. a few days. And we were like, oh, we're Latino, we got this. You know, we, we've we gone through this our whole lives so that it's just really the same, just more dangerous, I guess, to go outside.
0: Yeah, it's nothing different. It really isn't. I, I've been
3: quarantined my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that goes back like now that we're in college and we're spending a lot of time away from our family but then like you said Mariana even for a week when we're there and we're just like all right we need to get out yeah our parents they just take it the wrong way yeah. and they're like mm-hmm. oh you don't want to be with the family yeah. exactly so like and it, and sometimes it makes us feel bad because they they just really can't comprehend That mental stability that we need and that time away from family and being independent on our own um, that we need.
0: Yeah, I think um, especially Latinos as Latinx people, you know, we take family as very important. And then, like you said, Sandra, if, you know, after two days you're done being home, then they'll be like, oh, you don't want to be with us anymore? And it just makes, it always makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. And it never changes I mm-hmm. always feel really guilty because then I get into that whole cycle that it's like my parents do so much for me, yeah. and why can't I stay home? And then it's just like I'm unhappy, guilty, and right, it's just like. Right,
2: right, and then we can't even deal with it because we don't know how to express our emotions with them. So it's like, oh, we feel this way. We can't do anything about it. We want to do this, but yet we can't. We can't. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's like you're you're suppressed. Right. We ball we bottle it up to ourselves and it's just a cycle. And then we just rely on ourselves and we don't wanna express our emotions or feelings to others and it just goes back around and hurts us. Yeah, definitely.
2: All right guys, so I think that wraps up the first theme of the report. Um, So next time we're gonna talk about social connectedness and institutional spaces. And you know, this will be like schools, uh, theater programs, you know, just extracurricular activities that have to do with school or, you know, even the church. So stay tuned for our next episode. Peace. Adios.
3: Hasta luego. Bye.